Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run That Down post-game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you're listening to this the day after the Strickland Podcast Network, I'm Sam. I'm joined by Schwinn. Knicks lose to the Pacers, um, 125 to 111 <clears throat> in the debut or the re-debut of Alec Burks and the debut of Boyan Bogdanovich, um, the acquisitions from the Pistons. Um, we'll get into all that, but of course, before we get started, it's playoff time and the usual suspects are headed to the headed to Vegas for the championship, which is tomorrow. And our partner, Ben Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade, Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Um, I mean, I got annoyed at this game, but I really didn't really want to, like, I guess, not really take it all that badly just because. Um, I knew the Knicks were shorthanded, especially at center, um, and the Pacers took advantage of that um, fully. Um, Knicks couldn't hit a three, basically, until Alec Burks decided to go supernova a little bit towards the end of the game. Um, Knicks also missed a bunch of bunnies, I thought, tonight. Just just looked overall like the team was tired, and that's expected with all the injuries that have been piling up. It's honestly just a waiting game to the All-Star break. Um, which we have two more games till the All-Star break. We've got the Rockets and the Magic, so hopefully we can get through those games and get through them healthy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you had Jalen Brunson with the almost 40-point game once again. I don't know if he really needed to play all these minutes. Um, I, I guess Tibbs was trying to go for the win, but I don't think it was necessary in this game, especially when it was a 20-point game for most of the fourth quarter. I think it's at that point you just let Deuce get some run or something. Like, I don't know. I just – I didn't think it was necessary. He actually to... brought Deuce to the – he brought Deuce to the scorer's table before Burks made those two threes that, like, cut the lead mm-hmm. to whatever it was, 14 or something. Um, so mm-hmm. he was about to wave the white flag. Burks makes those two threes. He leaves him in. Look, I don't – I'm just – there's no point in talking about it. This is just what Tibbs is going to do. This is what he does. Yeah. This is how he coaches. This is what he thinks. Um that's what it is. So you can feel however you feel about it. It's stupid. You love what it, what the tone it sets for the culture. It doesn't really fucking matter. He's just going to keep doing it. So um, I I don't know for me, it's just like, I I don't even, I just don't care about talking about it at a certain point. Cause it just, it's not going to change what he is. Um, The thing that actually pissed me off today though, is like Todd Gibson, bless his heart. Like he should be playing like you had two bigs, right? You had two bigs available. So I get that. Um, why on earth would you start them together when you don't need to? You have options. And like, quite honestly, Taj can't move anymore. And like in a game like this against a team that spreads you out the way that they spread you out, um, and, and all the ball movement and the shooting they have on the floor. I honestly would have rather fucking seen like Jacob Toppin get, get minutes at, at certain points than, than Taj. Like you just needed more athleticism out there, especially because you're integrating Bullion and Burks um, into the rotation. Like I, I'm not going to lose my mind over it. Cause I think that you probably, whether I agree or disagree, I do think that there was some of just like, Oh, well it's 
you know, Boyan's first time or first game with the, with us, so I don't want to start him yet. I, I get uh, it's I would have started him. I'm okay with that decision for like today and today only, but you cannot trot Todd Gibson out there in lineups, especially with fucking Hart and Achua on the floor. You've got no spacing. The amount of pressure on Brunson to like create offense in those lineups and for DiVincenzo to basically hit every three because nobody fucking else in that lineup is going to have one. Shout out Precious for hitting one three today. Um, but like it, it that, that was just dumb to me. Um, again, I, I, look, were the Knicks going to win this game if they had done, you know, oh, started Boyan and probably not. They lost the game by fucking 14. You know what I mean? And like technically the minutes they got blitzed in were the smaller lineups. Um, but like, look, the Knicks, they have some, obviously they have a lot of injuries they need to get through. Um, and they, I mean, there's really not much more to say than that. Like they have OGs out, Randall's out, Sims. I got to say, like, I don't know what is going on with him. He's apparently has some type of sickness. They evaluated him before the game today. And I guess he didn't clear whatever the eval was. So he didn't play. I'm not, I don't know how to say I don't like in like assuming that guys can play through stuff because I don't know what the hell anybody's going through. But when I see what Brunson has played through at times this year, DiVincenzo, uh, whoever, name him. And for him to miss this game tonight, I, I don't know. I, I hope that he's well, but that's fucking bananas to me. That's bullshit. If I were his teammate, I'd have been really pissed about that. And if you want to get into the Tibbs doghouse, yeah, that, that, that's one way to do it. So, like, look, buddy, I, I just want to let Jericho Sims in on a secret. Like, you're not going to be playing much at all when this team is at full health. Like, this was an opportunity for you to get more minutes, whatever you want to say. Just get on the floor. And the fact that he's missed, what, three games in a row now is – I don't know. It, it's it's disappointing to say the least. Um, again, I, I don't, I can't speak to the nature of his injury or illness, whatever the fuck it is. But again, like guys on this team have been put through a lot, given the injuries we've had. We've seen a lot of guys play through shit, and for him to again not play tonight and effectively force Todd Gibson to have to get minutes in this game is and again i'm not again we i agree with anybody that's saying well we didn't need to start Taj. i agree we didn't need to start Taj, but Taj is going to play tonight no matter what when sims is out that's pretty disappointing to me that's all i'll say about that um and then again and if i'm if i'm wrong maybe he's like got like fucking i don't know maybe he has like tuberculosis or something yeah pneumonia and i'm just gonna sound like a fucking asshole I'll, i'll put my hands up and say i was wrong but um really really i don't know to me it just kind of feels little weird um especially if he's getting a pre-game eval he had to have been pretty fucking close to ready to play so i don't know take that for what it's worth but like i, I gotta say taj is bad but taj is taj is not gonna play once we get guys back so like i i barely i don't think taj, it's really taj is gonna be a clapper yeah it, it's it, it doesn't matter really to me but um the guy that's just like gen like i've been worried about him all year me and jeff have talked about it a ton i understand that they're shorthanded I understand that he's having to play minutes at the three and in these lineups that 
exacerbate some of his issues. But Josh Hart is becoming Hart. a very, very serious issue on this roster. Um, his unwillingness to take open fucking threes is a massive problem. Massive problem. And it is selfish. It is fucking selfish to not take open fucking threes that are being fucking handed to you on a fucking plate when Jalen Brunson is commanding 15 fucking guys defend him in the paint. When he sprays it out to you, I don't give a shit what the fuck you're shooting. Shoot the fucking ball. Shoot the fucking ball. You're on the floor with like Todd Gibson and Precious and DiVincenzo and Brunson. If you watch the start of the game, I think Carlisle called a really quick timeout after DiVincenzo made his second consecutive three because they were helping off of DiVincenzo to rotate to Hart. And they stopped doing that entirely. They almost exclusively stopped doing it as soon as he called timeout. If you go back and watch, I think it was 20 to 19. He calls a timeout as Halliburton is like clapping to get the inbounds pass because he's trying to sprint with the floor. And Halliburton was pissed because he's like, what the fuck? Like, we had an, they probably had some advantage in transition. But if you go back and watch it, it's because of the shots they were giving up to DiVincenzo, which basically ended uh, after that point. And the rest of the game, if you watch it, they are not rotating to Josh Hart. They are giving him wide open shots. Now, you can either shoot the fucking ball or you can drive to the rim and make something happen. What you cannot do is nothing. And too often, he's doing nothing. And then he had the most annoying play ever in the fourth quarter today where he put the ball on the floor, jumped in the air at the elbow at the fucking free throw line, which he loves to do nowadays for some reason, and didn't make a pass to the corner and then ended up landing on his landing before he passed it, dumped it off to Precious Achua. Josh Hart right now is playing like a problem. I, I It's hard to believe that he's going to continue to just shoot this badly, but the offense from him this year has been bad, unless it's coast-to-coast layup stuff. And even that, his transition decision-making has been bad. Um, Ariel, yeah, Ariel talked about it. Uh, in a he did a thread, I think, about it, or maybe just a tweet. I think he dropped like uh, two days ago or whatever about like I, Josh Hart is just like he he's not making. He's been a really bad decision maker this year, and he's pressing at times that he doesn't need to press. The amount of transition turnovers he has, where he over penetrates and then doesn't and and ignores open shooters earlier in the possession, and we end up having to record scratch and then restart the possession and play a half court game is really annoying. If he doesn't go coast to coast, he's basically not giving you anything right now on offense. And that's a really big problem. And also, I just got to say, just because like, for a guy like him, the defense needs to be strong at times, especially right now when he's struggling offensively to make up for that. And his defense tonight was like at times in that, especially in the second half. And look, it's not just him. Everybody had really bad breakdowns tonight on defense. They've, they've routinely uh, just like, it, it seems like they don't know what, the, like it really, and I, I mean this genuinely, like it looks like they don't know who is even supposed to be defending Halliburton half the time. They had like Brunson on him for long stretches of this game for absolutely no reason when he's on the floor with DiVincenzo and Hart. I, I didn't understand that. Their coverages on pick and rolls with, with him are kind of a mess. Today, a little bit more understandable because you have Boyan and Brooks coming in, no center. I, I can kind of understand that. Um, but Josh Hart had a really bad defensive game tonight. And his defense this season, to me, has not been strong. It's been okay to, like, fine. But you look at the way he – again, I, I, I think, Jeff, I think you might have said this when I came on uh, your pod with uh, hot, hand, hot Hand Theory with, uh, with XJ, but it's like – I think you guys have talked about it multiple times, but it's like – 
it's almost wrong to judge Josh Hart on the guy that he was after the All-Star break last year because he was shooting 50 whatever the fuck percent from three. Like, that was obviously never going to last. And so we got the best version of him. And to expect that guy to be there all season is wrong. And for a full season and for a full contract, whatever. But even adjusting for like, I understand he's going to shoot worse from three and all that. He's just not been solid enough this year. And Tibbs has got like, I was actually happy. He didn't close with him today. I think he brought, it was like Boyan and Burks and DiVincenzo and Brunson and precious. I was happy to see that because he played too much for me in the first half. Uh, and he's just been playing too much in general. And now, and I understand obviously before the trade kind of, you didn't have options. Now he's got options. It's time to expect Tom Thibodeau to, to press, to press, press the right buttons uh, situationally. He's got options. He's got to lean into them. I'm not going to, and I'm not killing him for the loss. Tonight. I, I think anybody that's like trying to put this loss tonight on, on Tibbs is look, I get it. Did he make some suboptimal choices for sure? I just don't know that on a night like tonight, the way they were defending and the fact that the Pacers got every fucking role in the second half, like how many shots they have hit the front rim, hit the back rim, fall in. It was fucking yeah, Pascal Siakam making threes. Like, who in the hell does he do that? Well, I mean, well, it helps you can line up the fucking seams in the corner and, you know, yeah, he had all the time uh, in the world. You know, put your finger in the air, make sure that there's no wind. Yeah. See, I was just saying, Siakam was two of six tonight, and he's shooting 44% in Indiana. So, I mean, he's not a 44% three-point shooter, but I just don't think that Siakam going two of six from three is anything, like, crazy. Um, I just want to say It was the times that he was hitting the buckets, I would say. It's how timely they were. That's true. Um, I don't think – I don't – I think one – underrated really good thing about this trade is I think both Burks and Boyan are specifically heart replacement candidates. And I don't mean like replace him in the rotation. I just mean that isn't gonna, he's just not always going to go down with the ship on the nights when Hart doesn't have it because these are two look, I mean, we can joke about it, but they're bigger guys, they're wings and they, they, they check the boxes that Tibbs wants you to check at small forward or even at shooting guard. And, you know, Boyan can't guard twos. He's not a good defender, but he can shoot like a shooting guard and he can definitely shoot like a small forward. Um, And I think that, I think it was a very positive thing that shorthanded eight, eight man rotation. And two of those guys were a Jalen Brunson backup and Deuce McBride, because that's what Deuce is back to being and Taj Gibson. So effectively it was a six man rotation tonight. And Tibbs didn't close with Josh Hart. Like that is, Big. if that doesn't tell you that Josh Hart isn't just isn't going to auto close every game when the Knicks are fully healthy, I don't know what will. And like, we better—I uh, I shouldn't say we better not ever see it because it has been successful in uh, a small sample size. But the the starting when when we're fully healthy, the starting lineup with Hart at two, like. That needs to be a, oh, Hart has it going and he's shooting confidently kind of thing. It can't be a, oh, I know Hart's struggling, but I really will like his size. And I, no, no, we have plenty of guys with size that can offer way more gravity. And like, yeah, I mean, I echo everything Schwinn said. Hart was disaster tonight. Just, it was just bad. Um, And like, he did all the things that, you know, 
probably are the reason that everybody loves him. You know, he was there flying for rebounds. He had plenty of good defensive possessions. But at the end of the day, there are just too many possessions where he's not doing anything and he's hurting you because the other team doesn't give a shit that he's on the court. And until he makes the other team pay for that, it's a problem. And that's being captured in the analytics. So I don't know. I, I mean, it's, we're too far past. Like he's not, he's going to play, but given the fact that he's going to play, we need him to shoot more confidently and more willingly. Um, and yeah, it's just as simple as that. Honestly. I, 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 I mean, this is what I was saying when before the trade too. I mean, there were, there were options before the trade. I guess they weren't as thibsy as thibs like them. Um, I won't slander Josh Hart so much. He did make me some money last game, getting a triple double. So salute to him for that. Um, but yeah, his minutes have been brutal this year, minus the triple double. Um, yeah, I I mean, hopefully tonight is a sign of things to come. But also, we know that Thibs does weird things when he is shorthanded too. So there is that. But hopefully, this is a sign that he will be more open to, you know, closing with different options other than Hart, um, you know, when the squad is fully healthy. He does weird things, 100%. I agree with that. And so that's why, like, Boyan playing the four. I'm not going to get super excited about that. I don't expect Boyan to play a ton of four when the Knicks are healthy. But one of the things he doesn't do when shorthanded is bench his favorites. Like when, when he's shorthanded, he historically leans on his favorite sons no matter what. And I th- so that's why I think that you can take something from the fact that with basically six guys at his disposal, he showed the recognition that, holy shit, Josh Hart's, he's not helping us at all tonight. To me, I think there can be something you take from that. Hmm. Should we anything to add? I was going to get to comments. Uh, no, I, I very much echo exactly what, um, what, what Jeff said. Um, and I, I don't know. There's really nothing else to say about Josh Hart at this point. Like, I love the guy. Um, I think there's something to be said. Uh, very, very rare, uh, actually, like, good descriptive basketball point that I heard Bill Simmons make uh, talking about. I don't even know who the fuck he was talking about. But he talked about – he said he said something like, I like guys that have uh, – that can change the energy of a game. Josh Hart can change the energy of a game. He has done that many times. For better or for there's, worse. Yeah, th- there's something to that very that specific ability he has that when he's good he's really good he changes things like go back and watch that that last time we played the heat which was the last time it seemed healthy go back and watch that though josh hart in that game was fucking awesome and when he's awesome he completely changes things for us but he's not always going to be awesome because you know what he's not a star if he was always awesome he would literally be a star he would be an all-star like that's that's like that's that's just how it is, right? Role players have more variance in their game in general. Um, and the Knicks now can treat him like a role player again. They don't need to treat him like a got to play every night because you're the only guy that does, to Jeff's point, checks off these boxes. Um, and I will say, you look at the way DiVincenzo's played. He had a bad game tonight. Uh, you look at the addition of Boyan, Burks, these guys. Like, 
Josh Hart salary is what it is. Like, I, I think you're getting into territory where it's like, you know, I, I don't know that he's a for. I, I don't think he's a forever piece. I don't think he, I, I don't think anybody has ever thought he's a forever piece. But it wouldn't surprise me if like he becomes somebody that the Knicks, when if and when they do decide to make their next consolidation move for whoever, that Josh Hart uh, is a more prominent more prominent they're thinking of like okay well maybe this is a guy that we can't upgrade on because our roster now has evolved to a point where we don't need or we don't we don't so badly need what josh hart gives us we need a different skill set that has more about that that can be more valuable to us um that's more of a long-term consideration obviously that's not going to happen today or anytime soon because the trade deadline exists i just passed um but i definitely think that's something that people should i don't know i don't want to say prepare for but like Definitely something to consider moving forward long term. Did you guys talk about Precious Achua tonight at all, or what did you guys think of his game? I thought he played. I thought he had a weird game, and like if you looked at his box score, it's like oh, he must have been really good. But I thought it was an admirable, ad, admirable effort. I would say, um, being one of the being the lone big man, basically, when you think about it tonight. Um, because, I mean, Taj Gibson's 18 minutes, God God bless him, but they weren't much. Um, but yeah, I Precious mean, I would said, say they were They were definitely something to behold. Taj hasn't made a shot yet, by the way, since he came back. That's <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, he front-rimmed a, like, five-foot flip shot that was unbelievable. Um, I feel bad for Taj. He looked like he was about to pass out at various points during this game. For Tibbs to start him tonight was insane. Uh, again, I'm not going to make a big deal about it because it's like, whatever, it's Tibbs, it's one game. I I hope and pray that when I heart and everybody gets back that I – don't, I don't mind if he wants to start I heart with Precious, but your three can't be heart, obviously. Um, I don't mind if he starts I heart – I don't mind if he starts Boyan at the four. I, there's basically every iteration when this team is slightly more healthy, and even tonight is better with Todd Gibson never playing a, a, as a big man next to Precious Achua. It, it's just untenable and ridiculous. Please, never, please, I don't need to see. We saw about 14 minutes of that tonight. We don't need to ever see that for another second again in life. Yeah, and um, hopefully Sims um, to Chris Bernhardt's comment right here hopefully he's taking some theraflu or something because whatever this illness is it's obviously debilitating him enough where he can't play basketball today um and do we do we expect uh hardenstein to just be out through the all-star break um i would hope so just because i wouldn't i would like for an achilles injury to not be the end of hardenstein's season yeah i mean you see it like you know that Plenty of plenty of good Tibbs things, but Brunson misses a game, and then it's just back to forty minutes tonight. You know, it's like, and I, not much. I mean, maybe there is a little bit t- Tibbs can do. Maybe Deuce can play fifteen minutes and get Brunson's minutes down a few. But I mean, yeah, I don't. You don't you, with with no Mitch and this being the big rotation, you don't expect Hardenstein to come back and then Tibbs just be like, all right, yeah, you're only going to play twenty minutes. Like he's gonna he's gonna ride him the second he gets back. So I, I agree with you. You want there to be a little bit of hesitance and a little bit of patience. Yeah. I mean, there was that one instance where he did like Ernstein played like what, 15 minutes after he came back from the last Achilles injury. Um, but and yeah, the good thing is was... they, they like immediately shut him down this time. I mean, not immediately. He played the rest of the half. I think 
but I, it's good that like they went in at halftime. I don't know what happened, obviously, with the trainers and medical staff, but they went in at halftime. They were like, okay, you're done. Like, you're not playing the rest of this game. They held them out today. They are clearly doing a better job of that. Um, and it, I think that's that's a very big positive. Also, I just got to say, I think uh, I got to apologize to Precious Chua. I thought he was, I thought he might have been the next second best player tonight after Brunson. I, I thought he was really good. I thought he gave them everything he could give them. I liked some of his finishes. I liked some of his pick and roll chemistry with Brunson. Uh, we saw two really nice dunks up pick and rolls that he that he finished. Um, Credit to the spacing on the floor for that too. Yes, and Boy, I just I just like. But also, can can I just say about Precious, the thing that continues to shock me, when the Knicks traded for him, and he and in my opinion, rightfully, he was just viewed as a throw-in. All the Raptors and Heat fans, like all the negative things they said about Precious was basically just how bad a decision maker he is. Like he's going to come in and he's going to shoot dumb shots and he's going to do like Precious Chew of things. He was and, miscast like, in his previous spots. I don't know. I th- Look, I I think Tibbs has just gotten through to him in a way another coach had. Like he doesn't take any bad shots. He doesn't he, like – he takes open threes and layups, and that's it. Every every everything else is just him trying to move the ball and keep the possession going. It's I don't know. It's wild to me how fast he transformed into somebody who just tries really hard and takes only good shots. Like he he bows on the glass on both ends. He can guard you know multiple positions. He protects the rim a little bit. I'm not saying he's a perfect player. He's far from a perfect player. I'm not even sure he should be in the rotation when the Knicks are full are fully healthy. But I just think he deserves a lot of credit for he deserves a lot of credit. Tibbs deserves some credit, whatever is going on over there. However, because because I'm not seeing any of what people who criticized him were saying. And I don't know. I'm not saying they were lying. Of course, they weren't lying. They 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 experienced what they experienced when he was on the heat and on the Raptors. I'm just saying that since he's become a Nick, there's no like mid dumb mid range shots. There's no contested threes. It's either a wide open three when they leave him alone, which we should all be fine with him taking, especially when he's playing power forward, or it's him, you know, on the short roll and going or, or on an offensive rebound. Like, I don't know, like he never bothers me when he's on the court, which is a very strange thing to say based on what his reputation was when he was traded to the Knicks. And from the start, like from his first few games where I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is this guy doing? And honestly, I think after like five or six games, I've just been like, keep precious on the floor yeah he's playing great honestly at this point i'm like i think we just have to keep him after the season like he's incredibly valuable in my opinion like the way he moves it gives you flexibility versatility defensively that i don't really know anybody else in this roster provides definitely not any of the bigs i guess maybe sims but i think you can see precious moves way better in space defending like like pascal made a few really tough layups on him but they were tough like they were not easy and Pascal is obviously an all-star caliber player, so he can do that. But, like, I, I was very impressed. This is the second game in a row I've been impressed with Precious uh, against against the Pacers, I should say. Uh, this is from Brian Benjamin. Also, thank you for the super chat, Brian. Uh, appreciate it. And we got another one from Fela also. Fela? Fela? I don't know. Not sure. Uh, but Brian Benjamin says, Tim should not be worried about losing if he tries to win by playing Brunson. Uh, and Precious. And Precious, 40-plus minutes, and Leon needs time to chill. Yeah, I mean, again, the Precious thing tonight, I – I get it because you're shorthanded, but I do agree. Like there's been a little bit too much, like 40 plus minutes of precious. And it's like, look, I get it. He's young. 
he probably didn't play as he hasn't he doesn't have the miles on his body uh in general that other guys do but like yeah it's it, it's it can be a little bit much um yeah i don't know he'll, he'll have time, he'll have plenty of time to rest when the team's okay. fully healthy i guess with, with he he won't play any power like i do think one thing we're learning is that there's a big difference between precious at power forward and precious at center in terms of team impact and when he's playing like this i think he just needs to be a backup center like at at if he's going to play in the Knicks rotation because look i know the taj gibson like everybody's focused on what taj couldn't do and that's fine like taj isn't an nba player right now but some of what we were seeing out there and maybe not everybody was seeing it was precious playing the four you can cheat off him even more like he's not he, he's even more detriment his lack of shooting is even more detrimental when it comes at power forward um especially when he's sharing the floor at heart and heart and stuff right too. that's that's wild to, to to go heart and again i know T- tibbs didn't have any other options tonight well he could have just started Boyan, which maybe maybe he should have done um and I'll, I'll be i'll say this I'll, I'll be very interested to see if the knicks get nobody new back on monday what the starting lineup looks like because i would i'm not gonna say appalled but i would be a little bit concerned if he just ran the same starting lineup back on monday i think boyan if it's the same eight guys if this is the eight man rotation i think you just have to start Boyan, and you need the shooting whether, whether it's for – and it doesn't even have to be for Hart. It can be – it should just be for Taj. The starting lineup on Monday should be Brunson, DiVincenzo, Hart, Boyan, and Precious. And you have to just live with that being a little bit smaller than you like. Like for the difference between 40-year-old Taj and Precious at center is not as big as the shooting difference between Boyan and, and Taj, I promise. Um, yeah, that was uh... – the Taj minutes were certainly something to behold. Uh, I, I just, I've seen a lot of people say this. I don't understand this take. This is from Yo, not a single playmaker, one player that can make a skip pass, one and a half good defenders, coaches one loss away from a stroke, season's done, bro. I, I genuinely don't understand this at all. Um, like, not trying to be an asshole. I just don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I think they're fine. I think they'll be fine. They're, they're missing. What are they missing at this point? They're three four. best defenders. They're they're missing four three centers. They're starting power forward. They're starting three. Um, and none of these guys has a season ending injury that we know of anyway. Um, and I'd be surprised if any of them did. Mitch apparently is making good progress, right? They said he's supposed to be resuming on court activities soon. Um, yeah. or maybe he already has. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, we but know all, we got a all star break. They said he's gonna be starting on court yeah. activities and we know we got a revised timeline now on og that gives us a little bit more clarity on when we can expect him to be back um obviously randall like i, I saw i think i saw who was it uh kenny Mir say this on uh on twitter but like i i actually kind of agree with it. he was saying he thinks that randall might be closer to being back than we think because he's like been on the bench the entire time i don't think he's wearing a He's not he's wearing like a sling. Nothing. Yeah, he's yeah. not wearing a sling. Um, he's not. It's not even like doesn't even. I mean, it might be wrapped underneath, but he's not. There's nothing over top, right? There's nothing that's like keeping it in place. Um, I, I think he might be right. I, I don't. I don't know. And we know Randall is like crazy. Like we know that he can. 
heal from injuries uh, at levels that are unheard of. Like, I still kind of have no idea how he came back for game one of the playoffs, given he, he couldn't even put fucking pressure on his leg five games before that, which is basically like 10 days. Uh, but he was good for game one. He was good to go. Um, but yeah, like, I, I think... I think he might be back sooner than we expect, but like they definitely look, they definitely need bodies at this point in time right now. They, they do. Um, but this is why you make that trade. This is why you, um, you know, it's, it's why you do the things they have done. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I hope and he's wrong. The, or they are to, wrong the, to the profile part of his point, like forgetting the Jalen Brunson aspect of it, who's, in my opinion, made a really nice leap as a passer this season, which is something I didn't think that like, this is me saying I was wrong. So it's not like I'm biased here or whatever. If, if people are biased towards their own take, I'm just seeing what I'm seeing. He's definitely a better passer than he was last season in a way that this person is saying that uh, was a troll man. Okay. Well, I, I, I just, I just want to add, even if nobody believes like, even if people are like, Oh, Brunson, there are some people that actually believe that though. Yes. Yeah. I, credit. I, I, I just want to add Boyan can do stuff as a passer that I I'll be very interested to see if the Knicks let him do like that. Like Sam, we were, you were saying before, like, Oh, Tibbs does some weird stuff. Like that's a Tibbs thing I would watch for because like, if they give him, if they just do the Fournier thing with him, where all he's supposed to do is stand around and shoot. We're not maximizing Boyan and like, he can do stuff. He he can run the offense. I know he missed the shot, but that step back he created at the end of the first was like, that's the sort of thing he can do. He's not just a shoot off the catch attack closeouts guy. He's very, very skilled off the bounce and he can make passes and he can do shit. And when you trade for a guy like that, you want to, even if he has to sort of fit into a new system and yes, he's on a better team. So we're not, it's not like he's on the Pistons where he can just run the show and average 20 points a game. Not expecting that, but I do think you have to you have to meet him a little bit in the middle, and you have to give him some sessions to initiate. Um, and so I'll be very interested to see if they let him do that because he is capable. Um, this is from Devil Sun One Four Three Two One. Thank you for the super chat. Get those likes up, Knicks fans. Yes, please give us likes. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so. He also said, "I do think we need another win before the break. So should we go all in versus Magic or Rockets?" Um, yeah, I do. Th- I agree. I agree. They need a break. I think the game. If you're like we'll just max out for this one and the other one who cares it's the rockets like van vliet's out shangun might be out yeah, they're um missing bodies too so they're missing bodies i i don't know i watched their game against the raptors yesterday i was not very impressed even though they made a nice comeback at the end i watched i didn't watch their game tonight it was against the hawks i think they lost mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure um yeah Although shout out to Jabari Smith Jr. for getting me five blocks and four steals, that was awesome. Um, so, so I, I gotta be honest, man. I feel like uh, I feel the opposite of you, and let me tell you why. I feel the opposite of you because I think that the this seven, like let's just say it's only, let's say Sims comes back. I think that the Knicks plus Sim, with Tim with Sims and Taj's place, they have enough to beat a Fred Van Vliet-less Rockets. I think. No, I, oh, I agree. And so oh, I I'm, 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 I'm saying yeah. that I think you I think you just keep sort of limping along, let guys get more rested, and then you can still win. And then if you have to go all out for one, you, you choose the Orlando game because they're better. Like I I don't think two and zero is off the table. So I think that they can just beat Houston like this, and then 
they can have even more going into Wednesday night and then go all out and then it's the all-star break and they have some time off, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I think also, I, I think going, I think going all out against an Eastern conference opponent, you never know what happens in the conference. You might want to just do that. Especially because well. we already have lost twice to Orlando. Yes. So definitely might want to take that one a little bit more seriously than against the Rockets. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, I saw a comment here that I want to bring up, but I forgot what it was. Um, but, oh, yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't a comment. It was a question I had. Um, question I had. Do you guys think we pick up anybody on the buyout market? Um and like if so who what position etc because they do have two roster spots open i believe right um um and you know the team so like who who are some who are some options that you had in mind i was like dismissive at first like my immediate thought is just no because like i didn't have anybody in mind but i just saw kyle lowry signed off the buyout market with the sixers just now so that's that's what that's what that's what brought the question to my mind that's, that's Dylan, stuff Dylan like Wright. that is neat. Stuff like that is neat to me. I know. I know we're not huge Kyle Lowry fans, and I, I get that he's an annoying player. But just you know, raised in Philly, he's had a nice career. He's been an underrated player. It's cool to see him get potentially one last run in you know the place where he grew up in, and you know he's he's on his way out. So that nostalgic person like me, that's that's neat. To isn't me. isn't isn't Dylan Wright on the buyout market? Dylan Wright, yeah, he's like the one. I think he's like the one guy that I'm like. I I know that he can do a thing at a high level. Like he's a really he's forever been a, a defensive pest. Like he that's he's good at that. Um, and to the point here, I mean, look, I think TJ this is from Nafumo Huda. TJ Cook Deuce nearly back to the TV tonight. I I thought like he made a lot of tough shots. Honestly, I thought he made TJ was so fucking shots annoying tonight. Oh my god, he's very annoying. He hit this ridiculous reverse lay on Divincenzo that made me want to fucking like punch the screen. Um. <laughs> It's so it was so weird, and maybe this is because we're Knicks fans, and Tibbs is very big on like on the same thing throughout the game. It's very weird to watch them have this like pace and space offense with Halliburton creating all these threes, and then when Halliburton's not off the court on the court, it's like okay, you guys are just gonna stand around and watch TJ McConnell shoot fadeaway eight footers. That's it, and it's like I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't understand it. Um, I feel like if I was the defense, I would just be like okay. Like what is he going to shoot on those? Is he? I, I'll have. I'm going to look it up right now. But is if he's shooting against the Knicks, it's like seventy nine thousand <laughs> percent because like that's all he does versus us. I hate him. I, I love. I love Sam, the the conspiracy theorist. Like against the Knicks, it's so true. No, he, he's like always been a Nick killer. It's fucking annoying as shit, bro. Ever since that game winner that he hit versus us man. when they first had him be that first year, when, oh my god! When KP managed to airball wide open corner three, <laughs> fucking loser. I hope KP does this again just in the playoffs whenever we meet them. Like I hope KP. He's does shooting forty eight percent from the mid range, which is probably. Dude, I don't, I don't get. It. Okay, so but against the Knicks, somebody has, somebody has to explain to me. Okay, it's like if, like, you're sitting in a front office and some like scout hurries in. You know, he's got his notepad and he's like, "Oh my god, got this guy. We got to sign. He's white. He's five eleven, and he can't shoot threes. Like, what the fuck, man? How is this happening? What are, what are, what are we doing here? And I, yet he's just, good. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, this isn't even like slander. He's clearly like a helpful player to them. I just don't get how. 
yeah, the, I, he's just very, very annoying. Um, look, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to like act like Deuce played some defensive master class, but like, I, I just TJ's given him problems for a while now. He's had like, I think he's played against TJ McConnell three times already in his career. He's not fared well against him. So I mean, just one of those weird guys that he struggles with. Like, you know, LeBron struggled with JJ Barea one time. Um, so uh, moving on. Uh, why did, the, why did the Pacers? Why did the Pacers give up? Just give away Buddy Hill? Did, do you guys know what the benefit there was? I just think they weren't going to keep him, and they effectively were like, "All right, well, if he's not going to stay, we might as well cash this in for something." And I guess they're it's just, fine. It's just with... weird because, like, I, I know they're. I mean, they're probably not going to win the championship this year. That's fine. I mean, Halliburton's still really young. They still have plenty of other things they can do, but they're very, very reliant on. Neesmith to keep up this super otherworldly shooting and then Turner and Siakam to shoot above their heads because they don't have, I mean, with, especially with Jalen Smith out. I mean, Jalen Smith's really, really great stretch big, but I just feel like even if you have these stretch bigs, you need movement shooters. And I think that, I mean, Doug, Dougie McBuckets, anybody? He did nothing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, well, I, their trade deadline kind of. It it, it it gave me questions about, like, what their intentions were. Like, are they going to give, like, that guy Shepard more minutes off the bench? Because I just like, I just think they were, like, they cashed in chips for guys. They like they, they cashed in guys for, for some picks. They got McDermott for basically nothing, right? I think they gave up one second to get him. Maybe they just wanted another shooter to kind of replace Buddy to some level. Um, they traded somebody else, too, right? I forget who it was. Or maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. Um, but I just I just think they were like there. There's not there's no other moves available to them that that could push like move them forward uh, as a team. Obviously, they already made their big move for Pascal. But like I don't know. I I think I think it's okay what they did. Uh, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. And I do think it is weird though that they like they're so they're just like keeping Obi and Jarris as playing G League. Like I don't fully understand that because I feel like when I watched Jairus before the Siakam trade anyway, he was like, he looked like he was figuring it out. Like it was slow. Like he was, he was doing Dude, things. He had a really crazy good. game in Sacramento. Crazy. Yeah. He, like, step back, he did a step back three from the top of the key in that game. That was nuts. Um, but yeah, like I, I just don't really get, I don't get that specific piece, but I think I broadly understand everything else they did. Mm. Well, We'll see what happens with the Pacers there. Um, how many times have we played them, and how many times they beat us? There we go. I think uh, it's two and one. Two, two and one, right? We beat them. See, I'm, I wasn't even far off. Take off, take off a couple zeros. I mean, but yeah, six, 76 percent from the field versus the Knicks this season. That's insane. I had a, Maybe, why don't a you thousand. Just, like, do a parlay with him all the time then. Do you think they're listing? You think Fanduel's listing TJ McConnell props? Fanduel, they might. Fanduel, they're people Fanduel, like no. you. Fanduel is way too slimy, man. <laughs> Fanduel is way too slimy. They don't list certain players. Like the other day versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, Keegan Murray has a history of going off versus them. He, they didn't even list him before the game. He's a starter. They didn't even list Keegan Murray. These books, they know what they're doing. Schwinn, Schwinn, cut Sam some slack. He hasn't won like a twenty thousand to one parlay in a week, right? Like, yeah, it's been a rough, it's been a rough go of it for our guy here. 
Valentine's exactly. Valentine's Day is canceled in the Samuel household. <laughs> <laughs> so it's rubbed off people who know the one sequence where Obi missed the transition dunk and they got stopped by Bullion broke Carlisle. That was a really bad sequence. Credit to Carlisle for letting him come back in the game in the fourth quarter, in the third and fourth quarter. He actually hit a couple threes. Um, but yeah, yeah it, look, I wish Obi the best, but um, I have seen very little from him this season that I I think the Knicks were like, you know, it's, I don't Both think they're going to regret it. Great. Yeah, I don't think the Knicks are going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe we let Obi get uh, away. Like, I don't, I don't worry about that really ever. I think he's a, he's going to stay in the league though. This idea, like, I've seen people try to like say he's going to like, Oh, like or something. Yeah, I'm like, dude, he's like an NBA player, pretty clearly. Like, I, I don't, I don't. He's, he's a rotation that player. <laughs> yeah, he's had a really, he's had a really good offensive season. So, like, I agree with yeah, the is. thrust of your point that, like, he, he's not gonna. It, it seems unlikely that he's gonna go somewhere and be like, oh shit, we missed out on like a an all star. But he's a rotation player, though, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people realize just how good he's been at putting the ball in the hoop from every location this year. Um, I I also really think that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say he he's shooting almost seventy five percent at the rim. He's shooting almost forty percent from three, like just everywhere. He's just been really good. And I I just I'll send it back to you after this. But the the uh, sequence that uh, this person brings up, uh, I want to see a sim where he does that for a Tibbs coach. because like he would he wouldn't have just been pulled from the game he would have just been like pulled from life that would have just been we would have heard some some audio come out from the locker room after that game that would have been that that would have been nuts (laughs) uh yeah i i again i i just think obi uh tough spot for him but i would like to actually see him in like i think he'd be i still think he'd be really fun on golden state i think if if the Pacers don't want to keep him this offseason, which I don't know why they would, considering they have Pascal now, Obi needs a new contract, and they drafted Jairus Walker, what, 10th was it? Uh, or whatever it was, 9th, 10th, whatever the fuck he picked it. It was Lotto, yeah. Yeah, lotto, lotto. mid-Lotto. Um, I, I would, I don't know, it wouldn't make sense, but I think he would be, I still think he'd be a really good fit in Golden State with everything they do. Um, and... You know, defensively, he's always going to have his bad moments, and he's never he's going to get overpowered and whatever. But he's respectable. Yeah, there's plenty of those guys around the league. It's it's not just it's not just him. Um. Yeah. All right. Uh, Do we have more comments here? Uh, This is Dibs's quote before the game, after the game, but yeah. Wait. You let wait, you want me to pull that one back up? Oh, sorry. Yep. Um, Dibs is quote after the yeah, game. Uh, um true. from Nick's tape. I'm disappointed in the result, but I'm not disappointed in our team. We fought all year. We fought res- we responded to every challenge. I think we're capable of doing a lot better, and I think we will. It's um, a good quote. I think that's that's good. I, I see I just don't understand like how any Knicks fan right now is freaking out. Like this is a weird game. I mean, it's been a weird stretch. Yeah, it's a weird stretch. You're beat up. Like, I'm sorry. This idea that like you just need to like, like I, I've seen people like like look. Yeah, we can sit there all day and be like, well, Todd just terrible. Why would you give him a ten day contract? <laughs> I agree. Todd sucks right now at this point in his career. <laughs> he should not be playing NBA minutes. What? Like, can we stop? Like, are there like, are there a bunch of fucking bigs that people can point me towards that are going to come in and be fucking awesome for us that we can sign to ten day contracts? I would love to know who they are. I would love that. 
and if they're where they're hidden, uh, so that we can go unearth this treasure <laughs> chest of really good quality bigs that we can sign at any at drop of a hat. Uh, I, I don't get it. Like, I just, I'm sorry. I just don't get it. Like, you're down. It is not normal to be down your starting center, your backup center, your third string center, your starting power forward, your starting small forward. That is not fucking normal. Like, and and it's not like... Oh, Unless you're I'm the sorry, Grizzlies like, this year. <laughs> yeah, and it's... Yeah, I mean, yeah. And 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 look at them, right? Like, you. Can, it's easy to just be like, got to figure it out. And that's the ethos that, obviously, Tibbs will always, like, preach, right? Like, no excuses. We've got enough, blah, blah, blah. There's a tipping point. And like that's why they made this trade to get Bullion and, and Burks, because they know that they need more bodies. And um, like I'm sure that if this continues and and iHeart is out for longer than they hope, and Mitch doesn't, you know, his his rehab doesn't go as expected or whatever, that they will try to unearth something uh in the buyout big market or maybe from the G League or something. I'm sure they will. But right now, like I'm sorry, dude. Like they I, I don't care about that shit right now. Like They've, they deserve the benefit of the doubt. I'm sorry, the front office deserves every fucking benefit of the doubt right now. And quite frankly, I think Tibbs deserves some benefit of the doubt too with regard to like the minutes because, you know, look, right after the OG trade, the minutes stuff was fucking insane. But actually like the three or four games prior to OG and Randall going down, I thought the minutes were great. Like the rotations looked good. He was spreading it out. Nobody was playing way too much. It's a tough part of the season. You're shorthanded. Guys are going to have be stretched a little bit more. And yeah, of course, we'll, I think it's safe to say Tibbs will always err on the side of stretching somebody, somebody's minutes uh, too far rather than, than not enough. But like, you know, I, I just, it's, it's really hard for me to get too upset about this right now. Um, I think that people just need to accept kind of where the Knicks are in this moment in time. And um, let them get through it. They'll be fine. They'll be fine once they get healthy. I, I feel very confident about that. Yeah, like this would be one thing if the Knicks had just skated by, but the OG minutes remain out otherworldly. Like there's mm-hmm. no evidence that the Knicks are going to be anything but an elite team when healthy. There's no there's no excuse not to be. Like to me. After this trade with what Boyan and to a lesser extent Burks, but especially Boyan can bring, like the expectation should be second round and beyond. There, there, I don't think there can be anything else because they're not gonna have to play any of Milwaukee, Cleveland, or Boston in round one. If they do, they failed big time this season. But assuming they don't have to play any of those three teams in the first round. They, they they will be big betting favorites in that first round matchup, no matter who it is. And I, so I look, I, I know this is kind of defeating the purpose of this show, but like I have to write the recap tonight for Strickland. And to be honest, I'm a little bit stumped about what to write about because all of this feels not pointless, but just like, I'm, I'm very confident that we know what to expect from this team the rest of the way. Um, and to Schwinn's points, because the players, the coaching staff, and the front office have earned benefit, a benefit of the doubt. Now, maybe 10 games from now, I'll be proven wrong, and these next 10 games will be a fucking shit show. And then we reevaluate, and we we see what we got wrong, and you know we talk about that. But right now, it's way too soon to be panicking or freaking out or being Mark Berman and trolling for engagement. Like, just Alex or Aaron Rodgers, 
relax people Re- relax just just for a little bit because jesus uh, uh, sorry i gotta read this josh, this <laughs> josh hart has a field goal percentage of 36.6 in his last 16 games josh hart has hit 23 and a half percent from beyond the arc in his last 16 games again i love everything josh hart can give you when he's good but right now he is not good he's really bad and i get like look i i, I think we need to be appreciative of the fact that the rebounds is, though yeah but he's also he is playing through a knee thing. We know that 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 has been like something that he talked about. So it's possible. Like, uh, look, he might benefit from this All Star break just as much as anybody else. If we're gonna be honest. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's been bad. It's been very. Can I can I tell you guys the funniest Josh Hart related conspiracy theory I heard yesterday? Or I like saw on Twitter yesterday. I laughed for like five minutes. Some guy was like, "This motherfucker went and started a podcast with Brunson so they'd keep him locked." <laughs> <laughs> I just hope people. I, yeah, I just hope people know that that uh, Josh Hart could not be traded this year. So, like, I, I think I saw somebody mention, "I wish we had traded him instead of Grimes," but like, it just wasn't possible. Wow, what a play by KD! <laughs> oh, sorry, um, that's the only time you'll ever hear me praise KD. We're, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, sort of apologized for it. Sorry, guys. I, I'll be better. I'll be better. You know, you know, what, you know what's cool that cool that Schwinn, you forever. There is proof on the internet of you before a game was played saying, "I'm good. I don't want Kyrie and Katie." You can always say that. You don't even need to hate. You were you were just right. You're like uh, Walter White. You won. You you won. It's it's cool. You can you can forever hold your hat there. Yeah, I mean, hopefully I can avoid uh, destroying my family and uh, getting real deep into a meth empire uh, like Walter mm. managed to do. Uh, maybe don't, I will not rack up the uh, dead body count that Walter White managed to do. Uh, but You're, ta- but you're, yes, ta- you're taking this, this the wrong way. You're looking at this from <laughs> all the wrong angles. Dude, he was he had cancer and then he lived a great rich life, you know? Like, so that's, that's another way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of trying to. I'm just trying to figure out the contaminant in the lab. To be honest, <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I, 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 I know what you're saying though about this game, where it's like you're running the recap, and it's like this is so, this is so obviously just not going to be the team. Like, it's not going to be this team, right? Like, this is not going to be our roster when the games matter. And this is not even going to be the fucking roster after All Star break. This is not gonna, like it's. You're going to get guys back. This is so you're so shorthanded. These rotations, like I'm actually the thing I'm very interested in is how do these rotations unfold? And I, I will say I'm a little bit I'm a little bit annoyed with the Deuce thing. Like I get that he has not played fantastically the last few games, but I, I just think like. Just because you got Burks back, do you need to like? Does that mean that you need to just immediately like cut Deuce in? Like, and it's weird because he's like Deuce clearly is only on the floor when when Brunson isn't, so he is using him as the point guard backup. But then as soon as like Burks was on, it was just like the Burks Quit show. Burks again. Yeah, and I gotta say, Burks in the second half, once he like stopped trying to do point Burks stuff all the time, was really good. That first half was very. That was some. 
That was Burks. That was very That Burks-y. was PTSD of 2021, <laughs> 22, I believe. Right? And, and to and to the point Jeff made earlier, like I would like to see. I think Boyan should be getting some of those. Like I'm fine with if he if he if Tibbs comes to the decision, like when we're especially when we have everybody back, I'm like, okay, Deuce is my situational guy. Fine, he's out of the rotation. I'm cool with that. But if you're gonna have basically like point Burks, I think you have to have and. And in the minutes when Brunson's not playing, I think you have to have Boyan on the floor and you need to give him more on-ball opportunities because Boyan is a better scorer flat out than, than Burks. He's a better pick-and-roll player. Uh, I think he's a better passer too. So, yeah, I don't know. That, I, that, that's just my last you know, two cents there. For sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, JL says fourth quarter Burks still with us. Um, oh, are you guys like, are you guys like on a huge delay? Shut up, or shut up, shut up. Okay, sorry. Shut up, shut up. Whoa. Shut up. Shut, Sam, shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, Schwinn, you've spoiled like every big game for me oh. for like a year now. Like, <laughs> you're always at me. So I was just like, what? How is there no reaction to this? What is happening? Wow, that was ridiculous. Uh, but did he, did he shoot it too early? Um, you know, this is the, uh, this is the Josh Allen problem, right? Did, should the bills have tried to score a touchdown (laughs) or should they have purely tried to milk the clock down and score on the very last possession of the game? Um, yeah, no, take, take good shots, (laughs) take good shots. That's what you do. Uh, what's that like nine threes on the night? Jesus. Do you think steps a better point? No buzzer beater streak continues. What a loser, do you, you know? <laughs> do, you, do you think Steph is a better point guard than Burks? <laughs> I don't know. Let's ask Thibs, the guy who's watched film three times also, over. Also, a follow-up question. Do you think that – do you feel like he's more of a bucket than Burks is? Or is, is Burks more of a bucket than, than Steph? You know? Because Burks gets into the paint a little bit more. You know, he's a real <laughs> I do like Alec Burks. It's just so funny when he has his like his his shot, like his decision making on what is a good shot sometimes is so it's funny. J.R. Smith like. It's ridiculous. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but I, I think look, you gotta be honest, like him and Boyan, they've played in Detroit now for what a year and a half. Like two well, years. Burks two and a half years. Boyan, I think one and a half seasons. Um you're it takes some time to be like, oh wait, I have guys on my team that are good. Okay, got it, <laughs> got it. So I think, I think, I think I'm Brooks not playing little... with Killian Hayes anymore. What? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah. What the hell? This is um... the... dog. What? All right. As much as we love this. Is Al... This. What do they call? Oh, that's a foul on it's a foul on the Suns. Is that what they called? Um, Alberto Ramos says twenty twenty two. Shut up to the shout out to the panel. I'm assuming shout out to the Knicks. Uh, shut up to the panel would be really funny too. Shut up to the panel. Uh, sh- shut up to the Knicks family in the chat room. I'm pretty sure he's like shout out. Please hear me out. Please read what I'm saying. Uh, as much as we all love Brunson, he's not helping this team winning games that he's supposed to win. I am an old point guard from the '70s. That my primary job is to make sure everybody gets. If you would watch the game today. Many times when Brunson got the ball out of bounds, I could count sometimes that no one else touched the ball except he shot. 
Uh, he's coming off a sprained ankle. Anybody who played ball, not especially in this high level, know that you're not going to be 100%. His job today, coming off an ankle injury, serving the ball. Look, I, I, I understand the sentiment, uh, and I'll just finish reading it just to be fair. I know he's a good player, and that's why we brought him, but we do not ask for Luca Bronson. That's pretty funny. Um, I, I just like, oh, do they call Booker for hooking Wiggins? Is that what they call? No, they called the foul on Wiggins. That's a horrible call. Booker's fucking yeah. I've had my hand over my mouth. Like, I'm trying not to spoil, but this is fucking ridiculous. What the fuck I, is going on? I've been trying to decipher what's been being called because I have the game so, on mute. But, like, look, yeah. Al- Alberto, let, let me, uh, uh, you, you, guys, fo- you guys can focus on. Alberto, I am probably the biggest Emmanuel Quickly fan you will ever meet in your entire life, or I was when he was a Nick. I. I have to be honest, I haven't watched nearly as many Raptors games as I thought, so maybe I wasn't as big a quickly fan as I claim to be. Um, I truly believe that I believed that the Knicks would have been better off giving the keys to quickly after 2022. And I felt confident about that even through last season. The the Brunson thing and and what you're saying about Brunson being having tunnel vision, not being the best passer, to me, it was a part of it because I thought there was a ceiling to what his offensive impact could be that made it tough for him to be your like your best player. And I didn't think that he was additive enough to be next to another great star. With that being said, and so I'm just paying this picture so that you get my perspective and where my biases lie. Brunson has eclipsed that conversation and he's been so good this season that like Schwinn was saying with the coaching staff at the front office, he deserves so much of a benefit of the doubt. Like he can have games like this because his overall offensive impact has just been so unbelievably elite that you just almost have to trust the process. Now, if you're just saying this one game bothered you, okay, like maybe that would be a valid criticism. I would say he scored 39 points on 25 shots or whatever. Wasn't he 17 for 25 or something? Like it was it was an efficient 25-shot game. Maybe he didn't pass as much as you'd like. But if this is a macro issue that you're having, I just think that it's you got to take the feel that you have for the game out of it and just look at the overall impact. He's legitimately been one of the 10 best offensive players in the entire league in terms of overall offensive impact, not at putting the ball in the basket, but in terms of how he impacts your offense to the point that maybe the Knicks will wake up at the end of this postseason and they'll say to themselves, we need to go out and get someone who's an overall impacts the game better than Brunson to really have a chance. But I don't think there's any doubt that Jalen Brunson can be the best offensive player on a team that contends for a championship. And that's with him not being a Halliburton level passer. He's just so good at shooting and so good at, at forcing collapses inside the arc that maybe he doesn't get the direct assist, but he gets the hockey assist plenty. He's, he's such an, a huge positive to your offense that I just, the, the lack of passing, I think you just, sometimes you have to live with it because he's that good. And, and, and also I just got to say this because like, I generally agree with, some of the I get the point you're making, but you really got to look at the lineup he's on the floor with. Like at some point, you're like, I'm not passing the ball to Josh Hart because Josh Hart's not going to shoot the ball. I'm not going to pass to Todd Gibson because Todd Gibson can't make a shot. I am not going to pass to Precious a lot 
when he plays the four because he's facing the floor from the corner and that's not his game. He's not a good shooter. So like to me that that this is an occasion where I watch it and I'm like, I think that's more about the lineup he's in. And I look, I, I agree that he he has moments where you want him to move the ball a bit more and you want him to get more guys involved. I get all that. I get that. I don't think that's a wrong feeling at all to have or a wrong eval of his game overall. You know, if you're listing his strengths and weaknesses, that part of it would be a weakness. Um, but um, he is in a bad position right now with the lineup that he was playing with tonight. Now, if you have Boyan at the floor, I think it would be different. And I, and if he played the same way and he was ignoring him and, and stuff like that, I would feel the same way. I also would say that even though he didn't get a lot of assists tonight, I would bet, I would bet money that the assists that Josh Hart got tonight came off of Brunson drawing to swinging it to Hart and then a Hart being able to make a play to find another open shooter. I think both of DiVincenzo's threes came off of a play exactly like that. Um, so, yeah. It, it, it'll be interesting. I think, I, I just don't think also we'll have the full answer until this team is fully healthy. Like right now, Brunson kind of has to be this guy. Like to Schwinn's, to what Schwinn's saying, like, when it was an eight-man rotation tonight, let's let's think about the other guys in the rotation who weren't Jalen Brunson. There was Precious Achua, there was Taj Gibson, there was Deuce McBride, there was Josh Hart. Like that's four of the eight guys in the rotation. The the other guys are Dante and Burks and Boyan. Like Brunson needed to. He honestly he could have shot more probably. Like what? <laughs> They, they probably needed him to take on it, and maybe he wasn't physically capable of it. But I, I think it'll be interesting to see what the overall process looks like when this team is fully healthy, when there can be a little bit more balanced, and when it, it will be Brunson's job to distribute more and to get everyone in rhythm. I, I think that's I, I, when the conversation will be. I think, we, I think we've seen that when, when we first made the OG and Anobi trade. Like Brunson had like multiple games of like 10 plus assists. Um, and everybody was like, oh, snap, this is what it looks like when, you know, Brunson has more options on, like, the floor is more spaced. He has a more reliable shooting option, OG and Anobi in the corner, um, who's also cutting. You know, we saw that when he first, um, when OG first got here and the team was more healthy. As the team's health started to dwindle, he's had no choice but to take on more offensive responsibility to score the ball because, like we've said, guys like Josh Hart, Precious Achua, it's not really their job mainly to score. They have all these other roles, and Josh Hart refuses to score at this point, um, or at least shoot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think once the team gets back fully healthy and the team starts getting in that rhythm, we'll go back to seeing Brunson have, like, these 10 to 12-plus assist games again because there'll be OG, Randall, it'll be Boyan, it'll be Burks on the court, like a bunch of guys who can actually score the ball, and Brunson will just be a facilitator as he's using his gravity out there, so... Um, I'm not too worried about that. I think he just, it's just, a, it's just a factor of necessity at this point. All right. I, I don't really understand. Like you were saying before the trade, he didn't have any help. Now he has help and he's still doing the same. He played in a lineup today for 14 minutes at the start of each half with DiVincenzo as his only other capable shooter on the floor. You had Todd who couldn't make a shot. He actually fed Todd a few times. Todd didn't make a shot. He had precious on the floor who can't shoot. And he still found precious on the roll a couple times. He had Hart, who refused to shoot. And how many shots did Hart even take? That was it like five or something. Like he, dude, he, I was actually going to bring that up. It was six. He was two of six. Ridiculous! It's like ridiculous. You got to fucking shoot the ball. Um, had no problem like, shooting the last game though. 
Yeah, and look, I I, I don't feel like we need to keep talking about this because I, I just personally don't have much energy for this conversation right now or today. Um, I get sentiment, but yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. We'll see Is there anything else. else in this game we need to talk about? I, I thought Boyan looked good. Um, didn't make it. Some of his shots, he had some in and outs, whatever. But like, you can definitely see what he can add to the mix for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm very encouraged by what he can bring to this team. Um. It's gonna be fun to have all this shooting on the court. Um, just imagining lineups of like Dante, Boyan, and Burks just lighten it up. Hopefully, we'll see what Dibs decides to do there. <clears throat> um, but yeah, is there anything else that we need to talk about? Um, I don't think so. I think, uh, look, the game is what it is. Um, <laughs> how do y'all feel? We talked about it earlier. Uh, it was definitely <sighs> um, And uh, this from mixtape having actual bench initiation was so nice. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, again, I think Burks needs to chill out on some of the, like, zero pass possessions, please. Um, but... Yeah, you can definitely see those guys have more juice. I mean, Burks ended up having a what, like twenty-four points or something tonight. But 22. when he sticks to just spotting up, man, he's he makes good decisions out there too. Like he actually made a good decision on the break where Dante passed it to him and he swung it back to Dante. Dante missed three. It was a good decision. Um, but when he catches off of others' creation, his decision making in those spots tends to be good, especially because he is a good shooter. So teams have to close out on him. He just has to be put in position to do that more. And less of the point Burke stuff. So yeah. Yeah, I like him much better off the um the um catch. Chris Bernard says, um, poor one out for Troy Weaver. He had to cut his godson and Killian yesterday. He's drinking a bottle of Merlot while listening to Marvin's room bawling his eyes out. Oh man, do we think oh yo, Schwinn, we were just talking about Killian um forgot like what was it, the couple post games ago when last time I was on, we were talking about like Killian. What would happen if he left the, the Pistons? Would he be out the league? And could be the case. Because <laughs> I don't think any yeah. team is really looking to pick up Killian Hayes right now for the stretch run. Dude, there were so – like, man, Twitter – I hope Twitter never goes away. There's just – there were so many funny tweets about Killian Hayes. I was like uh, – I always think of you, Sam, too, because you're like the king of memes. But there was just so many funny ones. That I was like, man, I, this probably popped in my feed because Sam – like, one guy was like – Man, uh, Killian Hayes said he wanted like a change of role, so they they sent him to the streets. <laughs> it's like, fuck, man. That's brutal. <laughs> Bruh. Killian Hayes, man. Why does he have a camp? Players that bad shouldn't have a camp. It was it was it was. It, it shouldn't it was be Seth. you making your own decisions. Seth made a really good point too. Like, if uh, Seth Partnow for those at home. Um, like if he was cuttable, why the fuck was he playing? Like he was taking minutes from Ivy. Yeah. Like what what are they doing? Like they spent the first third of the season starting Killian Hayes and bringing Ivy off the bench. Like what are they doing? Man, Pistons Pistons fans were joking that what you call it, Monty just wants Killian to to marry one of his daughters or something. Probably that's why he was playing him so much. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. We just got a super chat. James Lee. Hey. Uh, is, is it? I'm not going to read all the entire uh, chat here, but uh, is this regular after every game? Game <laughs> show, unlike some guy who got no opinion of their own. Uh, I appreciate the super chat. Thank you for the yes, uh, thank you for this. It means a lot. Thanks a lot, James. Um, but yes, we do this. Uh, we do this after every game, and uh, we try to give our own thoughts. That's a big part of what we do: is speak um, our feelings. Schwin, but Schwin. like. Don't say, don't say you try. There is <laughs> like there, there, there are many, many positives and many negatives about all of us. But if there's one thing we can unequivocally say about you is that your thoughts are nothing but your own. There is, there is nobody corrupting those thoughts. Uh, yeah, all, I, I, I mean think... all, all of us too. But like we, we yeah. follow Schwinn's lead. Schwinn is, Schwinn is very much. You know, I, I can say personally, I wouldn't be at Strickland if it wasn't for Schwinn. So I mean. <laughs> He is he is very much our face, uh, and proudly, I'm, I think it's cool. Uh, thanks. I I uh, I gotta say, like, so, so look, fuck Tyrese Halliburton. I didn't quite understand why Knicks fans were so upset about the like throw it off the backboard and then pass to Siakam because I was. It's like, because Tyrese Halliburton has this thing where he like it. It seems like he tries to make his plays look a little bit more flashy than they need to be. No, he no, was no, actually but, stuck there though. I know he was yeah, actually stuck there, but surreal. but but the, it's just a habit. It's just a habit of what he's done in the past that. There was a there was a way more annoying one later in the game when he did like a five second late no look, like he whipped his head to the right, like he, way that's, late. That's the stuff that everyone hates the most. And also, like, like, he, but he, like that play to me, I think there were people that were like, like acting like he was like showboating, and like I was like, I don't know. That was just like a really that was actually like a pretty cool play, and he didn't even like. All he did afterwards was dap up Siakam. Like he didn't like do, he wasn't like strutting down fucking the MSG floor, like dancing or something. He was just dapping up Siakam. It was it was very very like I don't know. It was to me there were like so many other plays in that game where I was like fuck this guy. Like as or like the last game right where he's like standing next to Dante or whatever. Like there's look there's like I'm I'm all for a good. Uh, Someone tweeted, someone tweeted out that he is the NBA equivalent of the outfielder that ne- unnecessarily dives for every ball. And <laughs> I agree with that. Like, he definitely does do a little bit more, especially with the, the fake no looks where he's like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do, I do like that we were discussing, like, Schwinn's thoughts being his own. And then five seconds later, he was like, look, fuck Tyrese Halliburton. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, that is Bro, that is MS, the, that is MSG in Schwinn's ear right now. <laughs> that's that's Wally in, in Schwinn's ear right now. <laughs> Get him. He's just but, it was it was it was tough. I, and I, I I look again. I don't know. I, I actually felt it was a weird game. I don't really want to get into this stuff again. But look, I I'm happy with the point guard we have, and um, I will just say, Tyrese Halliburton. Does one thing off the dribble, late in clock, late in possessions. Step back. One step back to his right. That is what he does. It is never going to be anything else. Late in possessions, he is going to take a step back to his right. You have to sit on his right hand. The Knicks twice in this game, let him do the step back to the right. Both times on Burks, you have to step. You have to stand to his right and make him drive to his left late in possessions because he doesn't want to do it. That's what you got to make feel, them do. I feel like in the playoffs, teams are probably going to sit on that a little bit more. Like, I feel like playoffs is that, that's when we see like stuff like like that really start to like cut down a little bit more. Um, 
Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, depends on who who gets him in the playoffs too. I I have, I have a question for you guys. So, um, you know, Sean, you brought up hot hand theory earlier. Um, the guy, I, um, do the podcast with XJ. He believes that the Pacers are actually less intimidating in these posts in the, in these playoffs as a potential matchup since the Siakam trade. What do you what do you guys think of that? What do you guys think of that take? They, Is they there a reasoning for that? He just basically his number like I, I don't want to do his opinion injustice. I but basically he's a huge believer in space and he thinks Siakam is going to hurt their pace in space and he doesn't think it's going. He basically he thinks they took a hit on offense and they're and what Siakam brings defensively won't make up for it. Well, I mean, on I offense, mean, I Siakam is more of a post-up player, right? Like especially in the playoffs, we've seen him like that's his bread and butter going to the post and working from there. Right. And I think that's the point is that like if Halliburton was just doing everything surrounded by shooters, they would just basically and and running at that insane pace, they would basically just be unstoppable. He doesn't he doesn't actually have a game like it was just really weird to me when the trade went down and everybody's like, oh, this is such a perfect fit and blah, blah, blah. And like I get it. It's a great spot for Siakam personally, like playing next to Turner, who's shooting the shit out of the ball. It's really good for him. But like I don't really view him as a clean fit like his two-man game with Halliburton isn't particularly great like I, I don't know I, I think teams are like okay you're gonna like he's not a great role man he's like he can do it he's not a great role man he's obviously not a particularly great outside shooter um and to your point like a lot of his creation requires like the game to slow down and like if he was on the Knicks, you'd be like, this makes perfect sense. He he can cook just like we like our guys to be able to cook. Um, but like with Indiana, it's different. He's definitely a stylistic difference. I think it might take them a little time to really make the clean adjustments and and develop that two-man game. I mean, shit, we've seen it took Randall and Brunson really like a full season uh, and a little bit of the start of this season to really like start playing off of each other. And and honestly, like I feel like, I, they, I feel like they still don't have like much interactiveness going like it's more Jalen playing off Randall than vice versa well that's what I'm saying yeah it's not it's not perfect but even that is a massive difference and like DJ Ace he's been on this since then like Brunson's three-point numbers without Randall have definitely taken a hit he's not getting as many catch and shoot threes he's also weirdly not pulling on ones when he does get them I he had one today where he like had one and then he pump fake drove in he ended up making a flip shot anyway but like it's like dude you shoot the fucking three um but yeah that's something they definitely got to figure out and honestly this is like to your point about like getting boyan and burks like especially boyan this is something that should that should help get brunson more opportunities off ball if they can develop that um as the season goes along but yeah i i think that what um i think xj's theory is not it's not terrible it's not bad also I will, I will say has been a from- playoff dropper well i notorious one thing i one thing i will say from watching the pacers since the trade i've never been a siakam guy at all like i when he was crushing on the raptors he just i stylistically i'm not his biggest fan i've been impressed by how obvious an effort he's made to be an additive piece like off of halliburton he is trying Trying to be a spacer Right, he's trying to be a spacer. He's trying to like not be in the way in the way that we were taught. Like in the, he, he doesn't want to upset the flow. He's trying to push the pace. If I was a Pacers fan, I don't know how much better the Siakam edition could have. The early t- returns of the Siakam edition could be. 
Um, but who knows? Maybe when he starts shooting, the shooting's going to come back down to earth. Like he's not just going to keep shooting 40% from three. And when that happens, it'll be interesting to see. Does he say, oh, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not shooting that well anymore. So I'm not going to do it as much. Now I need to get in my bag and, you know, have the Seattle. It'll be interesting to see how that goes because it's Beyblade time. To, to XJ's point, Halliburton is legitimately one of the best offensive players in the NBA. Having him reduce his usage probably isn't a good thing. Like you, you don't want to be taking initiation possessions out of his hands. Um, sorry, folks. I know this isn't a Pacers post game pod, but I do think that they are a potential first round matchup if things roll a certain way. And it's just, yeah, I think it's interesting to talk about because I personally think they're a tougher matchup now that me and XJ had a pretty long conversation about you know agreeing and disagreeing about it so i'm just curious to hear what you guys think about um also um before i get to the actual comment that i want to get to shout out to james lee um jb don't pass the stat pad unlike hallie um i think he's talking to alberto in the chat um but thanks for the super chat once again um but yeah chris bernhardt he says i don't think the pacers will be as successful in the playoffs because for the most part high speed offense is minimal it always comes down to half court offense which becomes a slog fest um and i think we kind of saw that in our Cavs series and even in the miami series too like like offensively like things really get like kind of nasty even for like teams that are like a little bit more high pace like the way playoffs are played it just doesn't allow for the way the pacers to play to be uh a constant something that's consistent um so that's that's always my thing with the pacers like when people are like oh man the pacers they'd be like a really tough um tough get in a series i just don't know offensively if this the way that they play is going to keep up in the playoffs because we know we've seen firsthand how playoff how disgusting playoff basketball can can get it can. And that's part of why I think the Siakam, I think that's what you were getting at earlier, Sam, is that like, yeah, maybe Siakam isn't, uh, isn't a huge upgrade over, you know, and people are going to laugh at this, but over like an Obi top in, in a super fast paced offense when Halliburton can carry the load and all you want is someone who will run really fast and shoot threes. Maybe that's not where the upgrade is going to be huge, but when the game slows down, that's where Siakam can be leaned on because Halliburton isn't Jalen Brunson in the half court as far as creating a bucket for himself. I know that sounds very casual, but if you need, you know, two points, need three points, of course you want the ball in Jalen Brunson's hands over Halliburton, at least if you want that person to score. And Halliburton doesn't know who he is at the elbow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate with myself here, uh, Sam, just because I'm curious what you think. I do think the Kings kind of, Everybody said the Kings couldn't last year, and they 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 played faster. So maybe now, maybe now that there's proof of concept, maybe the Pacers will just be like, "Fuck it, we're gonna we're gonna go play faster too." You know? Yeah, the Kings were the one team that I was thinking about when I was taught when I was um thinking about playoffs, especially last year in terms of like teams that played fast. Because I was trying to go through all the teams that 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 were in the playoffs last year, and and, and if there was a team that played fast, the Kings did. Fortunately, they ran to a guy named Steph Curry. Um, you know, maybe the Pacers will run into a guy named Jalen Brunson who puts their season to an end. So, you know, there's always there's always a, there's always a, a way to to combat that that high paced offense. Um, but 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 maybe the addition of Siakam is to combat. Like, if they do need to go to a slog fest, maybe that's why they did get Siakam so that way they can have that other option for their offense to to go through. And we'll see how they they fare for the rest of the season. Um, but 
it's going to be interesting to see, especially if we end up getting matched up with them because things are in the East can be shaken many ways as, as we're, as we're finding out, especially with all these injuries and you have doc rivers in the conference now. So who knows how things could go there as well. So. Yeah. All right. Um, next game is when. Is it Tuesday or is it Monday? It's gotta be one of the two. See, it is Monday at Houston. Monday Monday at Houston at 8 p.m. Yeah. Okay. And then Wednesday, February 14th. And then the Knicks get eight days off for the All-Star break, which they definitely man. Yeah, I mean it's it's been rough watching this team go through all these injuries and like having to put a Taj Gibson out on the court and stuff like that. So it'll be nice for the team to finally get some rest. Um, they'll have some time to get guys acclimated um, to the team. Hopefully, I mean maybe Hartenstein's back by then. Randall should be right behind him, and then OG after that, right? Yeah. So we'll have a slow, slow, a slow, a slow trickle in back of rotation and, and, and stars back in the in the mix so after all star break we watch the more we watch this team without randall the more it's like they are missing him because of what it's forcing brunson to do like uh-huh. they just need brunson just needs a break because he is the most important player on the team and they need him to be 100% of himself in the playoffs because not only is he the most important player on the team, he is the highest impact ceiling in a playoff setting. And if he's hampered by carrying this team on crazy minutes in a crazy role while Julius Randle's out, and I'm not, please don't take this as like Julius Randle's slander. It's not his fault he got injured. That's that's stupid. That's not what I'm implying at all. I'm just saying we're really realizing his importance, at least in the regular season right now. And so hopefully he can get back healthy and soon because – He's really important to this team. Yeah, definitely. Great. Um, all right. I think we're going to end things off here. Shout out to everyone that was here. Make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe. We'll be back on Monday after the Rockets game. Um, yeah, shout out to everyone for the super chats. Um, I think this is the most super chats we got in one stream, right? Um, mm-hmm. So there's that as well. So shout out to everyone. Yeah, that- thanks. Thanks, everybody, for contributing appreciate it definitely definitely make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe check out all the links in the description you got links to the site merch patreon and twitter make sure you guys are following us on twitter getting all that good strickland nicks content um we'll be back monday everyone enjoy your super bowl sunday peace you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.